Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And good morning. Welcome to the program. Happy Wednesday to you. Just a programming note to start off the program today. There will be no midweek with the mayor. Mayor Mitchell is out of town this week, so uh, he will not be joining us, but he'll be back with us next Wednesday. We can catch up with him on all the news happening around the city, and also we can get a preview. One of, us, one of the signature events for the city is coming up, that being the New Bedford Half Marathon. So we always get a a preview with Mayor Mitchell of that. And, of course, you'll hear more conversation about it on the station as we get closer to it, just to let you know, you know, if anything's changed or, you know, when you can expect to have street closures happening and all of that. But it is a, it's a great day for the city every year. For a number of years, I covered it for the Standard Times. And I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you, I was in over my head. I don't know anything about cross-country running and marathon running and all that stuff. So I don't know anything about it. Anybody who's seen me knows that... uh the only thing that runs in my life is my nose. But I had the opportunity many years to sit on the back of the men's lead truck. And the I don't even know the gentleman's name, but he would be doing play-by-play for, I think, a racing website. And he was just so knowledgeable about everything. And the first year I sat down next to him and I said, can you give me any... T-? He's like, just listen to what I say and... You just write it down. He's like, I've got everything. I've spent months memorizing everything. I know all these people. And so it was just amazing to hear him do that. And that would help me. All I was really doing was I was live tweeting um, the results of the race and what was going on. And, and I, I don't I don't think that the people that cared, the people that were following that, were going to the Standard Times Twitter account. So I think I was probably just doing it more for posterity. And then to you know, and to to utilize the technological tools that we had, and then I would go back to the um, to the newsroom and I would write the article about who the winners were. So it, it's it's something that is definitely a point of pride for the city. I don't know how much people care in New Bedford about who wins. Obviously, we support you know the first South Coast men men and woman finisher, but. I don't I don't think people are like that wrapped up in who's going to be the winner. I think they just like being out there and supporting everybody and enjoying the day. It, to them it's not about winning and losing. It's about getting out there and first of all it's 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 always a a sign that spring is right around the corner. Some half marathon days are spring days. 
and some of them are winter days. Anybody that's been out there on the course can tell you that for sure. Um, I probably had more years where it was cold and windy than it was warm and sunny. But we we had a warm and sunny year a couple of years ago where they said oh, it might be a little bit too warm for these half marathoners. But it's um it's great. It's traditionally been a tune up for Boston, so you do get some elite level runners in it. And of course, uh, the South Coast turns out for it as well. The South Coast running community, but it's 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 fun. If you've never gone down there and done it, if you've never gone along the race course and cheered them on, I would recommend doing so. Uh, there's there's lots of public places along the way that you can line up and, and cheer people on. But I think one you know some of the most exciting places to be if you can get down there early enough is at the start slash finish line, right downtown, right by City Hall. It's a great spot. Uh, there's a lot of fun and activity going on, a lot of things happening, so it's it's worth checking out. But we'll talk more about that as we get closer to the event. I just wanted to put in a little plug for it since the mayor wasn't here today to do it, um, and, and hopefully some of you will decide to go out there and check it out. Uh, so I want to talk about something. Last night on South Coast Tonight, Councilor-at-Large Shane Burgo joined Marcus, and as I mentioned yesterday morning, he was going to have some pretty interesting breaking news. And if you missed the interview, of course, you can hear it in its entirety on the podcast uh, at WBSM.com or on the app or wherever you get your podcast from, whether that be Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get them, you'll find it there. And the news was that Counselor at Large Burgo, and Marcus has the article up at WBSM.com and on the app, he is proposing a ballot measure, a ballot question, I should say, rather, a ballot question, non-binding, for this fall's election, for the November 7th city election. And this non-binding question, let me give you the exact language of it from Marcus's story. Should the city of New Bedford adopt an ordinance stabilizing rents to prevent displacement in the local housing rental market? So I'm sure immediately some of you are hearing that and you're saying to yourself, rent control, I don't want rent control in New Bedford. I own property in New Bedford. I don't want rent control. And as Councillor Burgo explained multiple times last night on the program, and as Marcus explains in the article, rent stabilization is different than rent control and should not be used interchangeably. I mean, it's a, of course, it's a method of, of controlling how high rents get, but rent control, by definition, would mean that they would be able to cap the rents at a certain dollar figure. And that is not what Councillor Burgo is proposing. He is proposing instead what is called rent stabilization, which means that there would be a percentage, a maximum percentage, that a rent could be allowed to be raised from one lease year to another. So if your lease is up on April 1st and your rent was $1,000, Councillor Burgo said, it is, and it's not unheard of, I've heard of it too, and I'm sure you probably have as well, there are places around the city where they say, well, sorry to tell you this, but your, your rent is going up from $1,000 to 1800 or $2,000. And what this rent stabilization measure would do, this ordinance would do, is it would max out 
a certain percentage, no, and no number has been thrown out yet. It'll be part of the discussion process on this. But it would have a max number, max percentage of what that could be. So it might be, you know, Councilor Burgo threw out the number a couple of times, 30%. So if you're paying $1,000 right now, the most the landlord could raise the rent going into the next year is $300. So your rent would go from 1000 to 1300 Then the year after that, they could change it from 13, or what, um, now I'm getting into numbers I can't easily do, but whatever 30% is of 1300, 13, 13, 13, 9, 39. So you could raise it another $390. So then your rent becomes, for all intents and purposes, $1,700. And it still might get to the point where the rent might get to be more than you can afford. But you have a gradual increase instead of an immediate increase. And hopefully, perhaps, your lifestyle changes and your life situation changes and your wages change maybe. You know, maybe you get a raise. Maybe the minimum wage goes up. Whatever it might be, all these different factors that come into play. Or maybe there's no reason for the rent to have to go up and the landlord says, I'm going to keep it at 1300 Because maybe by that point, inflation is over and and. and and uh, taxes are down and property values level off and all this kind of stuff. You know, all these factors would be factored into it. But that would at least give the renter some opportunity to grow into what those rising rents may be rather than just have it dropped on them. And granted, not every landlord is doing this. You know, I know a lot of landlords in New Bedford have been um, sympathetic to the situation that's been going on, but others haven't. Others have taken advantage of the market for what it is and taken advantage of, and most of them, of course, as we've talked about here before, they're usually not people that live in the city. They're usually not people that are even, you know, they're taking care of the properties, but it still can happen, and it's still putting people out on the street. And it's still making it hard for people who need to find housing to be able to move into some of these properties. So this measure, this, this proposed ordinance would allow them to come up with a cap of what that would be. Now, there's a long process involved before this would go even be able to go into effect. On Thursday at the city council meeting, they're going to vote on whether or not to put the question on the ballot. That's all they're going to be voting for. They're not going to be voting for, they're not going to be voting in favor of it, and and they're not going to be putting out any numbers or anything like that. All the council will be doing is voting as to whether or not to put this ballot question, non-binding ballot question, on the November ballot to take the temperature of how city voters feel about that issue. If it decides, and I guess from what he was saying, even after they approve it, the city solicitor has to look at the language of it before it goes on the ballot, and they could change the language a little bit. Uh, and, and, and really, they have free reign to do that, it sounds like. So it may not read when it hits the ballot exactly the way that I just read it to you, but it you know they would have a chance to review it before it goes on the ballot. But if the council approves to put it on the ballot, it will be on the ballot, unless the city solicitor's office really looks at it and says, Nope, we can't do this. We can't put this on the ballot. They do have that option. But more likely than not, it will remain on the ballot, and you will get a chance to, to sound off on how you feel about it. And Councilor Burgo said if the 
non-binding ballot question comes back not in favor of this ordinance, not in favor of rent stabilization, they'll find a different approach to try to help with housing in the city. But if it comes back in support of that ordinance, then that starts a whole different process. Because then they have to figure out what they want that to be. Then they have to submit a home rule petition. Well, they have to have the, they have to approve it. They have the ordinance. They have to have the mayor sign it. If the mayor vetoes it, they have to have a super majority of the council to override that veto. Councilor Burgo told, and this is all explained in the article, if, you, if you're not able to follow along with it. Uh, but Councilor Burgo explained to, to Marcus in the discussion last night, he has those eight votes. He's, he's positive that if the mayor did veto this, and we don't know how the mayor feels about it because um, Councilor Burgo hasn't had a chance to speak with him about it, and Marcus reached out for the mayor's thoughts on it, and the spokesperson got back and said, you know, he's away, so we'll have to wait till he gets back to find out. But even if he did veto it, Councilor Burgo feels that they have the supermajority of the council to be able to override that veto. Then it would, you know, becomes a home rule petition that has to go to the legislature. The legislature would have to approve it. And then the governor would have to sign off on it. And then it could be put into effect because there's a, from what Marcus was saying, there's a 1994 ballot measure that passed that basically makes rent control, any type of rent control illegal in Massachusetts. So that's why this home rule petition would have to happen in order to make this rent stabilization take place. So I think I've explained it all uh, the best that I can. If I didn't, you can read Marcus's story. You can listen to the interview either on podcast or he has it as always embedded in the story. And you can really hear more of the details. But all they're voting on on Thursday is whether or not to put this non-binding ballot question on the ballot this November. Then you, as a voter in New Bedford, those of you who are, you will then vote in November how you feel about the topic. That's it. Again, non-binding. So it, it doesn't mean that if it, it doesn't guarantee that if the, the citizen revotes yes, that it's going to go into effect. There's a lot of steps involved in making that happen, and there's a lot of things that could change. There's a lot of things that could gum up those works or come down in opposition of that. Uh, Councilor Burgo said that he has support from some local legislators. Uh, he mentioned Chris Hendricks as being somebody who is in support of it. He said he hasn't talked to the other legislative legislative representatives in the area, but that he will. Um, and that he's formed a coalition of, of people who are in support of this and who are working to make this happen. So they'll have the ability to um, evangelize this where necessary. But there's still no guarantee. There's no guarantee that this is going to be a home rule petition that would pass if it even got to that point. If And then if the governor would sign off on it. So there's a lot of factors involved. In this, And keep in mind, the governor is a former attorney general who would be looking at things like cases of, you know, rent issues and things like that. So she'll have a little bit of that AGI when it comes across her desk. But what do you think about it? Would you let, let's just get an informal poll going today. Also a non-binding. Would you be in support of that? And you don't even have to be a, a city resident necessarily to sound off on this because it could be something that affects the suburban communities as well. 
Would you support having rent stabilization? Not control. They're not going to limit the amount of money you can charge for an apartment. They're only going to limit the percentage you can raise the rent from year to year. And uh, Councilor Burgo, caller, I'll get to you in one second, but I just I want to make this point before I do. Councilor Burgo mentioned that there will be different factors that can play parts into you know what those raises could be. So they could put incentives there for it being somebody who owns the building but lives in the city. Uh, there could be incentives for somebody who is an owner-occupant of the dwelling. So, you know, maybe it's a three-family home and the landlord lives on the first floor and, you know, that gives them some extra flexibility in how much they can raise the rent. Or So there's all these little things they can use almost as a reward for the landlords who are the type of landlords that you want to see in the city or the ones who are doing things the right way as opposed to those problem landlords that, that just keep popping up again and again as issues. So there's there's a little bit of an incentive there that could give them flexibility in that. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Hi. Good morning, Tim. It's Catherine. Hello, Catherine. Um, hi. Um, the irony is rich here. Uh, first of all, I'll say I'm a landlord, and... Um, what I am in favor of for city ordinance is that there be a residency requirement for landlords instead. Uh, there's the, the irony is the, the city council has created a 25 or agreed to a 25 percent salary cap for you know the city employees and uh, what is it um, group three, which inc- will increase real estate taxes. Um, just for example, I'm not relating it to the 25% cap, but from one year to the next, my real estate tax went up $1,200. And now what the city council is saying is, well, no, it's not. The proposal is that landlords not be allowed to increase their rent if needed. Now, I don't increase my rent well, it's, unless that's, I need to. No, that's not that's not the proposal. It's not that they wouldn't be allowed to increase the rent. They would just be capped how much uh, they could raise it. Well, I'm sorry. That's correct. Uh, by a percentage, limiting it. Um, before the 25% salary cap, I would have been much more uh, interested in hearing this, but not after what the city council did, which will re- increase our real estate taxes, and it might have gone up and everybody steadily for a long time. Now... I'm not one who favors, you know, ridiculous increases in rent. I understand some places do that. Some people do it. I do think most of them are out of the city. Um, I think we, instead let's have an ordinance for landlords living where they buy. Um, I, I, I don't know if I don't know if that would be tenable. Also, I don't know is that constitutional. Yeah, it could be done. It's done in some cities. Okay. I'm, I'm positive. I'm positive of that. Yes, that there be a residency requirement. Anyway, I hope others will talk about that as well. I mean, I I have tenants whom, you know, I, I, I love very much, and uh, I will only go up when I need to, um, and I hope it's not for a while. But what I've seen since I've lived here since 2010 is up, up, up with the uh, 
real estate, and it's it's just it's it's un, um, what's the word I want untenable after a while. Well, do you do you so, think it would be do you think it would be a reasonable ask for the landlords if they came together in a coalition to say, okay, if you want to put rent stabilization in place and you want to cap how much we can charge, you should have some property tax stabilization and limit how much you can charge. Uh, that would be I would be interested in that. Yes. I think that might be a fair compromise. If, I, I don't know if there is already. I don't know what restrictions there are on property tax. I just see the numbers that they raise it every year. Um, but I, I think that that might be something that's worth bring, bringing into the conversation. Sure. I, I think that's worthwhile. But I just, I'm just i just really uh, annoyed, more than irritated, annoyed that the, the, the city council is, is suggesting this when they just put a 25% salary cap, the high cap on salaries. I just think, you know, it's just, um, just the irony is just palpable. Okay. All right. No, I a fair point. Thank you. You have a good day. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in, or you can hit us up on AppChat on the WBSM app. But I am going to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. 1420 WBS. And uh, you can also send in app chat messages via the WBSM app if that is easier for you. I can read those messages. Uh, We will also uh, not have Mayor Mitchell with us today. He is traveling, so he'll be back with us next Wednesday, which means it's all about you today. And uh, you and me, we can have these conversations. And the conversation I want to have today is what do you think about this proposed rent stabilization non-binding ballot question. So, again, what's being proposed by Councilor-at-Large Shane Burgo and what's being voted on in Thursday's City Council meeting is whether or not to put the question on the ballot that would be non-binding. And that question is, should the City of New Bedford adopt an ordinance stabilizing rents to prevent displacement in the local housing rental market. And again, rent stabilization is not the same as rent control. Rent control would be capping it at a certain dollar amount. You can't charge more than $1,000 based on the square footage. You can't charge more than $1,500 based on you know the year, whatever, whatever it is that they use as the formula for it. There would be a hard cap amount, and you can't go over that. And then it would have to be reviewed every so often. This is not that. This is a percentage that it would be it would be limited to from lease year to lease year. So your lease is up, 
Your landlord wants to raise your rent. They can only raise it up to a certain percentage. And there may be different factors involved in it. It won't be a, a, a straight percentage for everybody. There may be things based on, as they were saying last night, maybe the uh, the age of the building. Maybe it might have something to do with if anything had been upgraded. Maybe it might have something to do with if there um, is the owner living on the property or, you know, all these different factors that might come into play. Maybe there, and this is just me spitballing, but maybe there could be some kind of reward system, you know, where uh, for certain factors, every year that there isn't a, a um, an issue where they have to come and uh, write you up for not having trash removed from the property or where there's no incidents of violence in your home or whatever. You can go up a, a percentage point. I, I don't know. But there might be a way to come up with different factors that would incentivize landlords to, to do things the way that we want to see them done properly in the city. But it would be it would be a percentage cap. And so, again, this is just a non-binding ballot question for November to take the, the public's temperature on this. And if the public comes back and says, no, we would not be in favor of this, they start a different plan to look at how to help with rising rents and people being displaced in a different fashion. If people say yes, it starts a whole other process uh, that involves a home rule petition uh, and it would involve a signature from the governor. And there's a lot that could hamper that process and keep it from happening. So it doesn't mean that it's a given. It doesn't mean that it's a guarantee, but at least it means it's uh, the city residents will be telling the city council, this is worth you making an effort on our behalf. We believe in this idea enough. You should make an effort on our behalf. So again, 508-996-0500. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Yeah, good morning. I, I think it's interesting that the, the discussion would uh, be centered around, uh, um, you know, um, we're not talking equity. But um, we're talking about how much you're going to lose. You know, um, at 300, say it did go up 300. You made a good, a really good example of that. And uh, it's not a cap, though. And I think that's important. I understand that. It took a minute or two to think that one through. But as it is now, I pay about uh, $3.25 an hour to live where I'm at. Wow. That's $78 a day. I never broke it down like that. Wow. Oh, I do. I do. I break everything down by 720 hours in a month. My gasoline costs me almost a dollar an hour. Um, stuff like that, you know, and that way I can manage my life because what you're doing is you're micromanaging, and that's what I do. I'm an expert at it for my own self. And what we're talking about here is the, the tent is probably going to get hit. Say it goes up 360 bucks a month, that's 50 cents an hour added to your daily expenses. So that would be another uh, $12 an hour, uh, $12 a day out of your pocket. Mm -hmm. But but the thing is, is that uh, since we're not talking equity for anybody, really, um, my, my question is, is uh, how do you, uh, when it comes time to pay your taxes, I, I can honestly say something like this proves to me that the, the, the tenant actually pays taxes but does not get recognized as a taxpayer. When we discuss things about, well, these people are non-contributors because they rent. No, they contribute quite a lot. Right, because that's how and the landlord's is, paying the taxes. This discussion yeah. is a perfect example of a tenant being taxed and not getting credit for the fact that he's being taxed. Now, if you're on state aid, this is, a, this is a long wind-up for the pitch. If you're on state aid, the adjustment's made by the state government. So in, in a sense that uh, 
Not only are you paying your own rent, you're paying somebody else's rent, too. You're not on state aid. So it's a double whammy. Now, the thing is, is with the adjustment by the Federal Reserve to make home ownership or purchasing a home, I should say, even more difficult, these tenants are trapped. Unless they leave the state for a better situation, they are easy ducks on the pond and, you know, jack the rent up because they're between a rock and a hard place. They don't have the collateral, the equity, or the financing to go into a small home or a condominium. So they're just going to pay the rent. Money's going to go out the window. And um, I think it's unfortunate because I'm elderly, and I think it's targeting the elderly more than any other group. See, I mean, I'm somebody who I, I've been thinking for a long time. I'm 10 years away from being 55, and I've been thinking for a long time. You know what? When I'm 55, uh, you know, I haven't bought a house, and unless I buy one in the next 10 years, I think I want to go into like a senior housing or, you know what I mean, like one of those retirement communities or, or a mobile home park for 55 plus. And my parents live in a park, and I was looking at the one that they live in at a house, and it's... The way that it's broken down, they have $503 a month in park fees that you have to pay. And then the mortgage right. for one about, of these. That's about 80 cents an hour. The, and the mortgage for one of these is comes down to $1,500 a month. So you're okay. looking at your, well, I'm sorry. No, it came out to 1000 So with that, with that um, park fee, you're paying $1,500 a month to move into a mobile home. That's worth $180,000. Yeah, well, like who, who, could have, who can afford to go and do that if there are people that are struggling to find a home? That's right, because $1,500 a month is a little over $2 an hour out of your daily budget. And um, and that's that's real money. It's, and uh, it's, it's amazing to me. People don't understand. It's 24 hours in a day. And that's how you should figure out what it costs you to live and breathe in this particular zip code. And uh, there's other but better zip codes and more zip codes. You get inside 495, it's very easy to be nine, eight or nine dollars an hour uh, for rent. My cousin, he pays like 40 something hundred dollars. And this is on the east side of Boston, which is the cheapest in the city. And so, I mean, he's cracking over four grand a month. He's a manager, but he's got nothing left. And, and, um, I actually, I actually, uh, you know, I bought, I bought and carried a home mortgage cheaper than he pays rent. Yeah, I have a friend who pays $5,000 a month rent for a house. And I said, I can't, I could never imagine paying that much money a month for rent uh, or paying that much money a month for housing without being the owner of the house. I, I just don't know that I could, I, that's, I couldn't fathom that in my mind. Well, it's like my, my doctor, my eye doctor in Boston, uh, she bought a condominium. She's from Germany. She bought a condominium for $900,000. And her parking spot that she had to buy that is attached to um, the, the, the the real estate deal was $600,000. So go figure. Yeah. I had a relative who bought a home in South Boston. And when she went to sell it, she said, you'll never believe what the biggest factor in the sale price of my home is. And I'm thinking, you know, is it square footage? Is it how updated the uh, the plumbing is? Any of that? Nope. It's the fact that she had a driveway that was big enough for four cars in South Boston. Mm -hmm. So she's like, not only can the person who moves in here park their car and maybe the car of somebody else, but they can then charge one of the neighbors to use the other two spaces if they want to. So it's a money-making venture for those. I was like, wow, that's that's amazing. I, I think you just nailed it. It's a money-maker. And the conversation keeps people uneasy. If you're over 65, this conversation 
is scary. And the reason it's scary is because it's like trying to put a nail through jello on the wall. It's going to just keep falling down. There's no traction in this argument for the elderly. It is do or die. Mm-hmm. And um, I think some are going to move if they can. I know. Actually, the elderly can't move at all. Well, and that's the thing. Even even with rent stabilization like this, you know, and they're allowed to to raise the percentage each year. The 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 money that the seniors who live in these apartments are paying isn't going to raise to that level each year either. So they're going to get phased out sooner rather than later. It might not be year one, but it's certainly going to happen somewhere down the line. I mean, it, it helps, it's, but it's not the ultimate solution for everybody. Here's your options. I hit you with a sixteen pound hammer. Well, I hit you with a two-pound hammer ten times over a period of a year. Well, I'm going to go for the second option, but either way, I'm going to be hurt. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to hold you there, though, but thank you for the call. Have a good day. We'll take more of your calls at 508-996-0500 and your app chat messages via the WBSM app. Uh, But I just want to uh, give you an announcement. This comes from Ward 2 Counselor Maria Giesta and Ward 3 Counselor Sean Oliver. Uh, They want to let the residents on Earl Street know that their garbage and recyclables will be picked up this morning from Harvey. Harvey missed the pickup on Earl Street yesterday, so if you haven't already put it out, please put out your garbage and your recyclables. They will be picked up today. Residents who live on Earl Street. And that comes from counselors Maria Giesta and Sean Oliver letting you know about that. So, uh, of course, you know, uh, there's always the possibility when the trucks are out there and they've got a lot of space to cover a lot of ground to cover they might miss the street there's also times when they're in the region and maybe there's some work going on or there's uh, something going on in the street they can't get down there so it happens from time to time and uh, thank you to the counselors for letting us know so that we can make that announcement to you residents of earl street all right i have to take a break we'll come back in just a few minutes stay tuned after the big gun If you want to call in and chime in, again, we are talking about the proposal that was announced by Counselor-at-Large Shane Burgo last night on South Coast Tonight. Uh, If you missed the discussion, it's available on podcast, but it's also embedded in the article that Marcus has at WBSM.com and on the app that explains exactly what Counselor-at-Large Burgo is proposing. It is not rent control. They are not limiting how much you can charge for your apartment or your home or whatever it is, whatever the property is that you are renting. They are, uh, he is proposing what would be a rent stabilization step, which would be limiting the percentage it can increase from year to year. And that would be lease year from lease year. So if, you know, if they, if you have a lease that starts on April 1st, that would be, you know, considered the leap year, uh, leap year, lease year would be April 1st, April 1st. Somebody else might be October 1st or October 1st. So, but in, the, in that transition from one year to another, there would be a cap on how much the raise, how much the rent could be raised. So I, I already see comments of people saying like, this is infringing upon free enterprise. Um, not necessarily because they're not saying you can't raise the rent. They're just saying we want to limit how much it can be raised based on 
the fact that people are having issues staying in their homes. And maybe it's something that gets reviewed every couple of years, every five years or so to say whether or not it needs to remain in place. But this is not really geared. I think I think the way that it was presented last night is that most landlords who are doing things kind of the right way, and I'll put that in radio air quotes, but the people who are doing things the right way wouldn't be affected by this. You know, Catherine called in and said she has rental property and she tries not to raise the rent if she doesn't have to. And if she does, you know, she's careful about how much she raises it. And I think most probably do that. But there are others that don't. So the people who do things the right way would likely not even be affected by this at all. Again, it depends on what those percentages are. And there may be some concessions the landlords would want to see. Okay, you can cap how what percentage we can raise our rent if you cap what percentage you can raise our property tax. But the... I mean, the city council tries to do that anyway. They never, they, they're, they're never going to double your property tax in a year. The tax rate. They can't control the assessment. But they're never going to come in and be like, well, we charged 12% last year, but this year we're going to charge 24%. But that's what landlords are doing with rents. And yeah, okay. Anybody that has a business, supply and demand, you should be able to charge whatever the market bears for your product. But we're not talking about, you know, buying some hot new electronic device or going out and spending, you know, 120 bucks for a Tickle Me Elmo to give it to your kid for Christmas. We're talking about the places where people live. And we're talking about places where people are making a, a, a trying to make a long-term investment and staying there, too. People don't want to have to move every year because the rent goes up. Anyway, we can talk about all that and more, but right now, I do have to take my final break of the hour. If you want to call in, 508-996-0500. And if you want to chime in via app chat on the WBSM app, you can do that as well. But we'll take a break and be right back. Everyone's got Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.